Okay, guys, here we are. This is the midweek show. Has the Fife property market peaked? Or should we buy should we or should we buy now? Or should we wait for the bargains? QVT. Okay, folks, here we are. Many commentators actually believe that we've seen the peak of the Fife property market and just the property market in general throughout the UK. So should, should savvy buyers and or bargain hunters wait for Fife house prices to actually fall? Or could postponing your house buying for an anticipated house price fall actually be a costly mistake? Um, what's your thoughts on this, Perry? <laughs> Well, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I think more so because of over the last two years, the five property market in particular, we've certainly noticed that, Jim, haven't we? It's been on a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, so there's been a bit of a hyperactive demand um, together with the kind of new sport, if you like, of yeah. kind of getting your offer accepted over the other 30 other bidders. Um, seems to have been a bit of a, a, a flurry in activity, hasn't it? So it's a bit of a difficult one to kind of work out, but that's what the show's going to help people hopefully understand. I keep getting told by everybody there's clouds on the horizon to suggest that the five property market could have actually peaked. Um, I'm not convinced. I mean, the Bank of England interest rates have increased four times in the last few months to try and combat inflation. Meanwhile, many five homeowners and homeowners in general throughout the UK are finding it tough to counter the most significant drop in real incomes uh, in a single year since records began in the mid 1950s all at the same time as gas, uh, heating oil and electricity prices are predicted to rise again in the autumn. You just heard on the news tonight, predicted to rise, the cap is going to go up by another £800. Hence, why some economists are actually predicting house price drops in the coming 18 to 24 months of 3 to 5%. Surely, this is not the best time to buy. And surely, savvy buyers should wait for, for the house prices to actually fall. Is it realistic when you think about it to see double-digit national house price growth? Uh, certainly not. Um, so the question is how far can the property market actually slow and whether the slowing will drop into modest falls? Um, Perry, let's look at household incomes first. What do you think? I think that's a major factor in what's going to happen, isn't it? But I think as well, we have to remember when we did the show last week, um, the fact that we've seen the five property market in particular rise in the last 12, by 12% in the last 12 months. So, you yeah. know, we've got to keep all of that in mind when we're looking at this as well, haven't we? But best outlook is gloomy as real household disposable income is set to drop by 2.4% in 2022-2023. I think that's the largest drop, as you said, since records begun. So, you know, yeah. that's a bit scary for people. I was just watching the news tonight before we came on. You know, and your heat and electricity, 42% increase by the time autumn comes. That's a big jump, Jim. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really going to impact people, isn't it? But despite that, 
17.6 billion financial support for British households is there, um, revealed by Ricky Shunak um, in the spring statement. But, you know, does that actually make it into everybody's pockets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing any of that, are you? Yeah. <laughs> where did it go? Is it, where is it? 17.6 <laughs> billion. <laughs> yeah. Where is this money? It's like, is it going to people that we don't even know about? That's the scary thing, isn't it? You know, they, they talk about financial support for British householders. Um, but is anybody actually seeing the benefits of that just now? I certainly know, speaking amongst my group, that I'm not seeing it within my peers and my friendship groups. They're not seeing any financial benefits from it. Everyone's talking just about the impacts that they're having. Are you yeah. finding that with your investors that you're speaking with, Jim? Not necessarily. I mean, because I, 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 you know, I, I hate to say it, but I've kind of got my finger on the pulse, <laughs> and, and so I understand completely why um, four reasons why investors will continue to buy. Um, and we had talked about that in a previous show in the in the actual property crash of twenty twenty two. Just uh, last weekend, we did a one off show, didn't we, to to highlight that and the, the three yeah. reasons why um, uh, potentially sellers don't need to con be concerned and the four reasons why investors will continue to buy. But this is a completely different kettle of fish. You know, uh, the national insurance thresholds changing because of the 17.6 billion, the, the bill, the energy bill support package, the cut on duty on petrol, it's like really five pence a litre. It's like, wow. I mean, they're still taking an absolute fortune in, aren't they? It's like, you know, the, 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 the point about petrol is, most of the cost in petrol, the significant part of petrol, a material amount is actually taxation. So as soon as petrol prices go up, the government just goes, yeah, beauty. And um, they can afford to knock five pence off a litre or five pence off a gallon or whatever it is they're saying, because the reality is the amount of tax they're bringing in is significantly more than the five pence they've actually just cut off. So even they're, they're even better off as a result of that. So mm. to sit and say there is we're taking a hit off the bill of five pence a litre in tax, it's like, no, you're actually going up 25 pence and you're reducing it by five pence. So really, you're still up 20 pence a litre in tax. <laughs> exactly. So that was there and say you're giving away 17.6 billion in tax cuts is, is, is a complete fallacy. Um, mm -hmm. That's the reality of that. I mean, without these changes announced by the Chancellor, real household disposable income would have fallen by an additional 1% in 2022-23. Um, I mean, well, let, let's look, let me share this graph. Okay, I've got it here. And um, let's share it on the screen and see if I can get a hold of it. Um, this is the graph here. Okay. So this shows you at a glance the real the change in real household income, disposable income uh, since the records began in 1956. So all the way through uh, percentage, real change. So it's really gone up all the time in, in real terms all the way through. And there's only two or three, you know, um, maybe, well, less than 10, actually, but it's actually but it's actually a drop being worse off. And we're talking about disposable income now. This is disposable income. So this takes account of how much you've got left after you've paid all your bills. So in real terms, we've always been better off in disposable income. So, so how is that then? Why is that? And, and, and you know, because because boots on the ground, we're convinced that we're worse off. Mm -hmm. Is it the media? It's it's beating this drum. Are they actually convincing us? You know, you know, if you say it enough times, it often becomes true. Um, have you ever heard that expression? It's true. Thinking it will be so. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Secondly, interest rate increases, mortgage rates will will increase in line, increasing mortgage costs. Uh, but surely that will curtail demand, meaning 
meaning house prices and five house prices in general will drop and buyers should wait to catch a bargain. Finally, with inflation on the rise, the real value of people's savings will decrease quicker and the value of the deposits will diminish, meaning uh, prices will surely drop and people should wait to buy. But the question is, surely the property market, the property market in general has peaked and, and buyers should wait for bargains. Well, what do you think, Perry? Well, we don't think so, do we? <laughs> well, I don't think so. Um, and what are the reasons why then? I think it's, you know, subject to no significant shocks. You know, the world economy, five house prices in particular, have seen very slow in the next 18 to 24 months and go into a low single digits, even the odd month dipping even so slightly into the red. But not the 16 to 19% annual drops that we were seeing in 2008, 2009, is it? I mean, single digits versus 15% digits is a massive difference in yeah. Positive for now, isn't it? Yeah, it's true though, isn't it? I mean, you know, it is low digits. We'll think will drop, and and the, you know the odd month, as I said in this graph, um, but it isn't the sixteen to nineteen percent the annual drop. It we actually saw. It, it's nothing either. When you look at it, even if it was, um, and we might talk about this a wee bit later, but in real terms, um, property prices in Fife have gone up sixteen point five percent in the last year. So even if it dropped 16.5%, we're back at the year before in terms of house prices. So that's not a significant drop. That's only for the people that have actually bought in the last year. Um, and the people that bought in the last year will not move. Mm -hmm. For the next, probably on average, they usually say about 50% of people move within in year six and then 50% onwards. Um, so, so, you know, is that a big, huge problem? I mean, let's look at when this looked at the real household income and economists predicts the, the growth in real household income in 2023-24 to be around by 1%. Okay, so if, if the two years are combined, the predicted real effect on household income in the next two years, that's 2022, 23 and 24, is a net loss of 1.4%, whilst the credit crunch years, uh, 2010, 2011, 2012, was a net loss of 2.7%, so almost double. I, and, and I was looking at the increases in mortgage rates. 79% of owner-occupiers have their fixed, mortgage, fixed mortgages, okay, and had their affordability also stress test by the Bank of England at interest rates of 3 to 4% under the mortgage market review changes, which were in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that most of the significant impact of the increase in interest rates will be at a point of taking the new mortgage for first-time buyers. Um, so, so as opposed to servicing or the, purport, the, uh, the porting of an existing mortgage from one house to the next. Um, so, you know, I don't, I, I don't actually see it to a degree. Uh, four consecutive Bank of England uh, base rates rises, inflation and rising cost of livings are likely to bring more cautiousness over summer and autumn when it comes to people buying a property. Yet there's still a massive imbalance of demand for property over the number of properties for sale to quench that demand. Supply and demand, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, supply and demand. And we're seeing that. I mean, when you do the weekly updates on uh, Sunday, up until this week's update, there was we were seeing around about maybe 150 plus, weren't we? But it kind of dipped back under that again last week. So there definitely is an outliner there. I don't know if you've got any of that data that you can maybe share, Jim. 
Um, give me two seconds. I'm just going to look on. I'm just going to go uh, Zoopla, actually. I'm going to have a quick look and see where the supply and demand is. Uh, let me share that screen for you uh, and just see how many. So we were saying that, you know, um, before the before the pandemic and everything like that, the number of properties for sale in Fife were around about the 1,200 mark. So if we look at it right now and we look at Fife itself in general, um, so we had 1,200, 1200 properties, and that was even a busy time before the pandemic. Um, so now over Fife, we've got uh, 569 properties available for sale. Yeah. So we've still got half of that what it was pre-pandemic. And even before that, maybe about 18 months before that, you were still sitting at about 1,800 properties for sale as well. So is that anything to really be concerned about? Because there's a huge shortage in supply still. Um, so that then tells me everything. Uh, to a degree, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, you've got about a third, a third from when it was peaking at sixteen hundred, as you said as well um, on the previous yeah. show. The so, the, so the potency of the job market and the ongoing mismatch between the supply of properties, as we've talked about the other now, uh, and on the market the demand for these properties with the support of property values um, is another key factor. Finally, the byproduct of increasing inflation is that it makes the buy to let more attractive. If there is a reduction in first-time buyers, this will be counterweighted or counterbalanced by landlords coming in, investors coming in, buying again, supporting the current levels of the property in Fife. That's what happened the last time. I've seen this successively time and time again, where the number of properties are actually getting bought um, by investors when the first-time buyer market go a bit quieter. Uh, and that tends to prop up the market because then it feeds the middle market because yeah. these people and these properties move up and then the middle market move up to the upper market. The upper market more or less comes down to downsize as well. And as a result, the circle keeps going. So mm -hmm. it is actually quite good um, to have that that uh, amount of amount of properties coming in. I'm just going to take a couple of information comments. Uh, I'm planning to buy a house in Falkland. Absolutely. I did a wee top secret today. If you'd seen that on there. <laughs> on the Cooper page. Uh, beautiful house in Falkland, around about 300,000 price point. We've also got one on the market right now in South Street, which is an amazing property. So check that one out as well. Um, uh, good evening, Andrea. How are you? Uh, any questions, please feel free to ask. Good evening, Angela. How are you as well? Any questions, please feel free to ask. Now, here is the question, Perry. But what if five house prices do drop significantly? Well, let's assume that they do. Um, irrespective of the reasons above that we've talked Is that about. Is that where we get a home alone and we all run around the top landing with our hands in the air? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's assume that they will. So irrespective of the reasons that we've already discussed, let's assume that they will. Yeah. It will not inevitably help five buyers. Um, nope. If we have a house price crash, people tend to find that their careers are at risk, their salaries don't rise much, the young, young generation, for instance, your first-time buyers that have spoken about often gets hit in the toughest of the recession sides, don't they, because they're the people that are trying to start at the beginning anyway. Um, but if first-time buyers wait until 2024 to buy and five property values drop by 10%, that will prove more expensive, won't it? Yeah. yeah because well, actually... It's not going to help any, any isn't that circle that we talked about isn't there anymore, does it? So it does have an impact. Um, we talked about this previously as so, well. I mean, the last 2008-2009 crash, lenders weren't offering 5% deposit mortgages, were they? Those no. deposit mortgages that a first-time buyer could get was with a 10% deposit. Um, and even then, they were hard to come by, weren't they? These mortgages disappeared overnight. There was something like about 300 mortgage products and overnight there was like three left. Yeah. Um, and that was it. And you could only get that with about three, 15 different guarantors backing you up. 
at that absolutely. time uh, for anybody doing that. I mean, it was very much a case of the computer says no, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, when writing this article, first time buyers could obtain a 5% deposit right now for a fixed rate of over 2.66 over five years. I mean, you know, if you're a first time buyer right now, 2.66 over five years gives you complete certainty. Um, I mean, the typical first time buyer terraced house in Fife sells for £162,800. So if they were to buy right now on this mortgage deal, the 2.66 for five years, a first time buyer would have to stump up an £8,140 deposit and their mortgage payments would be £566.25 a month. But wait a minute, for an average, you know, property, it's a two bedroom like that, property we've just spoken about or a three bedroom you can get that you can probably get an easy three bedroom at that level well your rent's around about 650 quid a month mm -hmm. so the first buyer, it would still make sense to actually buy right now it would and it depends where you are in five gym you know you're talking about there the average five price being 162,800 but we've kind of broken that in geographically with five as well um so cooper for instance is 207,900 east nuke for a terrorist is 163,800 Wow. Um, I know. Glenrothes, 120,600 in Glenrothes. Leaving, 142,600. That, that's a decent number for leaving, isn't it? Quite surprising to think that leaving is actually yeah. more on average than Glenrothes, but Glenrothes is a new town. They have different types of build and they've quite, there's, there's quite a lot of properties in the same price bracket. They're not, they, you know, they don't have the traditional old style, you know, big, massive, traditional style properties, yeah. stone built. And that's mm -hmm. what gives leaving a proportionately higher price on average because of that when it gets taken mm -hmm. into account. But Glenrothes is a fantastic price point for, for first-time buyers. And You're getting, getting a lot of house for your money. I've often thought it's like, you know, it, it is, believe it or not, when I when, when I sat on the housing panel, so I used to sit on the housing partnership for Fife Council and I sat on it for 10 years. Between the years of 2000 and 2010, um, and that's a strategic, strategic level for uh, Fife Council. So I represented a certain body of people, um, private landlords investors, as part of the National Landlord Association Chairman for Scotland. Um, so when I sat in that, I, they actually did a survey, they commissioned a survey, and they found out the highest, the, the second highest pressured status area for housing. In other words, there was a lack of housing supply and there's too much people chasing it outside of St Andrews was actually Glenrothes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? You would have thought it would have been East Nuke or Cooper or something like that. Mm -hmm. No, it was St Andrews and then it was Glenrothes. Glenrothes was you, a huge demand. If you demand. think about Glenrothes, though, I mean, it's like, you are getting quite a lot of house for your money. But also, if you think about the links that it's got as well, you know, to getting across to Edinburgh, you're, you're Kirkcaldy, then you're right on the bypass. So, it's you know, and then you're Dundee, you're quite, you know, you're kind of in that middle junction bit, isn't it? Even when you go three miles down the road to Kirkcaldy, Kirkcaldy is a higher price point on average. Yeah. Um, and and yet, I, I, again, as I say, Glenrothes is a more affordable place to live and it's central mm -hmm. to Fife. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's got everything and it's and it's easy commuting to everywhere else in Fife if you want. Totally, yeah. It has quite a lot of amenities. And then you've got the train station at, at Markinch. Mm -hmm. I think what surprised me when we were looking at these numbers, though, when we said about these Nuka at 163,800, one of the numbers we've not spoken about yet, well, we have, sorry, they're leaving at 142,000. Yeah. I was quite surprised that leaving was so close to the East Nuke number. Um, and I think that can only improve in leaving with everything that's happening. I mean, Angela makes a great point there. You know, leaving is developing just now. And with that train station coming, I think that'll make a big difference as well, won't it? But St Andrews, 386,800. It's always it's still that pinnacle yeah. number, isn't it? 
Uh, it's a it's a crazy figure, but that's what St Andrews is like. That it's mm -hmm. really predominantly all all over like that. Now remember that's that anybody watching out there, just in case you jump in and go, that's not the case. It's like this is for a typical uh, buyer, first time buyer terraced house. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at the average price of all the houses no. together in summation, because obviously the detached and the semi-detached have huge higher price points, which would pull these averages up. So we're just looking at your typical first-time buyer terraced house in yeah. that scenario um, for the yeah. averages. Uh, but I mean, let's say property values in, in Fife do drop 10% over the next 18 months. The terraced house would now be worth in Fife um, £146,520. So a significant saving... Or is it? Um, everyone believes interest rates will rise further. So let's assume they go to 3% by autumn of 2023. This means that the mortgage rate for a 10% deposit will be will be in the, the in the early 5%. So let me assume you know 5.29 if that's the case, because that's where they will be um at that time if if interest rates begin to rise. Um, the, the mortgage rates will be up a, a bit over and above that. So if, if they went up to 3%, um, they would have to go up to around about the 5%. So it's about 5.29 because the banks tend to increase the gap between the base rate and the mortgage rate and recessions to allow for that extra risk that they've got involved in the investment. So the monthly mortgage payment on the 5.29% mortgage would be £690.11 per month. And you would need to nearly double your deposit to 14000 652 because they're no longer doing five percent deposits yeah. because of the, because the interest rates have gone up so high so even if five houses house prices did drop by ten percent and first time the first time buyers would actually be one thousand four hundred ninety pound worse off a year in mortgage payments because they waited so they waited for the ten percent drop but they've actually been worse off in mortgage payments by 1,490 quid because they waited and they never got the 2.66 over five years fixed and they waited on and then 5.29 came on because interest rates went up as a result. Mm -hmm. so, and, and you would almost have to find a double deposit, as I said. And then there's the other cost of waiting. Let me... <laughs> you, you want to cover the other cost of waiting? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the other cost of waiting at the end of the day is that your prices are going to go up. Um, so you have two years worth of rent to pay. So that's a big impact if you don't buy because you've got an additional two years worth of rent to pay. Yeah. Um, the average rent for a five property at the moment is £741. Yeah, you know. Remember I said 650 for a three-bedroom in Glenrothes? That's what yeah. you get. So 741 is the average rent. So yeah. what have you waited a couple of years then? How much would that be? So if you wait a couple of years um, for five house prices to drop by 10%, you would spend £17,784. That's more than the deposit. Rent. More than the deposit, absolutely. More than your deposit. And that's in Fife as a whole. So if we looked at um, Cooper, um, 22728 you would pay in rent. In the East Newt, you'd pay... Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll say it again, 22728 So what, what is it in East Newt then? East Nook is 17,688. Oh, hit me with St Andrews. You got it. But you pay. St Andrews, £24,336 you would pay in rent. Good grief. Leaving is still quite high. 17,688 you would pay in rent. Yeah. And Glen Rothes, 13,728. So uh, the, 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 the stark reason here, and, and a lot of people, if you're watching out there, please, or if you're listening on the podcast later on, or you're watching later on, 
or you're watching right now, please take time to explain this to a first-time buyer. If they wait or anybody waits on that going down and you've got to rent a property in order to wait for that, then your rent's going to be paid for the next two years and that's the money you're losing that you could have bought your first house with. And that's the, that is the other side of that. That is the opportunity loss of actually waiting for it to go down 10%. But if it goes down 10%, you're only saving a certain amount of money, but you're not saving as much as you would have saved in the rent you're going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're going to end up being worse off waiting. Plus the but, fact you're going to have to pay a higher interest rate because interest rates will work to curb inflation. So you mm-hmm. could be end up being at 5.29% at a fixed rate when you could have been at 2.66% right now. So no. even a 10% drop, it makes you, it, 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 it really tells you that you should you should actually be buying now. You should be. And actually, it's not just the fact that you're going to be paying all that additional rent over that time lo- timeline. Your monthly payments are higher than the mortgage payment would be. So if you're having to pay extra out on your outgoings, are you actually then able to save to then buy a house when it does change? And if not, then you know, that two years suddenly rolls on, doesn't it, Jim? It becomes three years and it becomes four years and then you're right. stuck in that Because then you can't save for the deposit to get to get yeah, the house in the first place. You can't save for the deposit. You've gassed it. you spent all your money on rent. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it doesn't make sense at all. Let's take a couple of comments here. Um, so Andrea says, if someone has bought a property recently and does not plan to move for maybe the next 10 years or so, a crash is unlikely to affect them as prices are likely to recover again before they want to sell. Absolutely. That's that. That is the key. In the last ten years, property prices have gone up around about fifty percent. So you know, if, if, even if they dropped by in the credit crunch, it was twenty percent, uh, and over the next ten years, they increased again by fifty percent. You're still up by thirty percent. Um, mm-hmm. In the last twenty years, properties in Fife and right across the UK have gone up on average around about one hundred and seventy percent, and yet inflation's only gone up seventy percent. So property has actually gone up by 100% in value. Now, if you're investing in property, happy days. If you're not investing in property, just buying your property, it allows you then to use that property then to buy the next property. And it's an equilibrium because you're trading like for like in terms of proportionate. Um, yeah, if you're it's not, not on the property ladder and you're actually renting, then you're having to you're having to enter at a higher price. So if property prices do begin to go up, even still, which I have a feeling they're still going to go um, a couple of percentage every year. Fife, for example, and I'll give you an idea of this. So we talked about this previously. The multiplier, so the number of times your average salary is to the average house price in general is round about nine to ten times. In other words, if the average price, average salary for in, in the UK is 30,000, for example, and the average house price is 300,000, it's 350 actually, then you need 10 times your salary to afford that house. Now, at the credit crunch, it was it was nine times the salary at the credit crunch. But what people fail to remember as well, and don't take into account, is it's round about that just now for the rest of the UK at this point in time. But interest rates at the credit crunch was 7.5% on average. Interest rates just now is an average of 1.77%. Completely different prospect. This is why we talk about disposable income. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the credit crunch, we had hardly any disposable income because we we're paying so much in mortgages and, and we weren't as stress tested at that time either. So that is one of the differentials. And Fife, here's a classic example in Fife, how it affects Fife. The average salary to the average house price is one in six. 
still completely affordable. Yeah. Still completely yeah. affordable. More tolerance than we have over the rest of the UK and Fife itself. So uh, Andrea's hit the nail on the head there when she says that. Absolutely fantastic comment. Thanks for very much for that. Um, you know, Angela talks about leaving a developing town, the train station coming 2024, thereabouts. I have a sneaking feeling it's going to be 2025. <laughs> um, bus links to Edinburgh and Glasgow from Gornothis. There's another classic example about how, how good it is. Um, and, and, and you know, absolutely. And then she says, you know, that is a crucifying amount. That's when we talked about, you know, things like uh, the amount going up over the next years and the amount of rent you're having to pay. And then it doesn't make sense financially in order to do that. Um, so, so choosing a five property, we had said that, makes even more economic sense if in the long term choice as homeowners can ride out the house price drops. Um, homeowners who plan to stay in a property can generally rely on getting their money back within six to ten years while not paying any rent. There's another example. It is, I think as well, if you look at it, at the end of the day, if people have got their mortgages now on the low rates that they're in place and they've got them fixed for five years, and we've showed that in, in a show we did the other week there, Jim, when we said something like 90% of people had a fixed rate mortgage. So through that time that you're paying your mortgage, not only, even if the property market does change and the, the prices come down a little bit, you're still paying a larger amount towards your mortgage balance. So your mortgage is coming down at the same kind of rate. Yeah. So that in itself is helping you recover too. Proportionally, the credit crunch as well. The more the, the amount of, the amount your mortgage was of your dispose, of your income was round about um, round about fifty five percent. I mean, it was eye watering at that time. But because interest rates are so low, the amount of mortgage uh, uh, against your income just now is round about thirty five percent. Now, the extra it's going to be taking up to move that up it's probably going to be in energy prices and, and inflation for having to pay more for goods and services but if you've got a fixed rate mortgage then you don't need to worry because that will yeah. still be the same proportion of your income um as as it goes and um, so it's it's w there's still a lot of tolerance in there so i would say to anybody out there for goodness sake look at what you've got and look at where you are first before you decide that the media is actually right in what they are saying because in most cases i believe that they're actually not right because they're just trying to stir up a bit of, of problems for everybody. Um, so you need to look at the facts first before you decide uh, that is actually factually right. And, and if they're wrong, call them out at BS, you know, when it comes down to it. Um, <laughs> look at this. Remember, five house prices, will five house prices go up or will they go down? This is the key question here. And I was saying, remember when George Osborne said house prices would drop by 18% in May 2016? if we voted to leave the EU. Whilst many economists said they would drop by five and 10% when COVID hit in March, 2020. Did that happen? And we all know <laughs> what happened. It never <laughs> happened. And I even said that. Now, this is the one I'm gonna call myself out on. I even said that there is nothing at that time when I looked at these numbers to suggest that it would be anything different than where it is now. And I'm going to say exactly the same thing based on the numbers that we've got. It's There's nothing to suggest that there's going to be anything detrimental to a huge extent at this point in time. But we've just proved even if you sit and wait for house prices to come down, you're going to end up being worse off if you're in mm -hmm. rented accommodation as a first-time buyer. It makes no sense. The first-time buyers are the lifeblood of the property market as well as investors because they keep the bottom end going. Now, the number of first-time buyers that have come into the market and number of new house owners over five in the last 
five years, has gone up by around about another 8,000 homeowners. The number of private landlords has actually gone down and rented properties has gone down by about 1,200 rented properties. So there's less rental properties in the market, which still creates a huge amount of demand for rental properties right across Fife. Mm -hmm. So that's why the investors are still sitting there thinking, this is still a good deal because yeah. there's a complete undersupply of rental properties because people have been selling off Nexon when prices have been going up because they've been holding on since the since the credit crunch and, and you know biting their nails thinking, is this ever going to recover? Because mm -hmm. I've bought at peak of the market and I'm still not going to see my money back. And now you can see a glut of the lower end properties coming to the market and hence the reason first time buyers can now get into these. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing an astronomical price increase in two bedroom flats. We've definitely seen that recently, haven't we? The two bedroom apartments, the prices on them are rising week on week. But I would argue, I would argue and debate about that and say, well, they're coming back to the natural price point anyway. They should have yep. been in because pre-pandemic levels, they were sitting around about 60, 65,000. That's 15 years ago. And yet, only a couple of years ago, they had recovered to that sort of mm -hmm. level now. And now they've only added on significant value in the last couple of years to round about another 20,000 on top of that. Um, so they're now getting to the 80 to 90,000 level, which is almost about right about where it should have been in the first place yeah. had that continued to go. So, and, and then proportionally in, in comparison to the other ones as well. So... We all know what happened and um, put all these predictions about, you know, oh, we leave the EU, it's going to drop 18%. Oh, if we, if we you know, if we, the pandemic, we're going to lose property prices, it's all going to crash. I, even some of the gurus are actually sat and watched and, you know, a year later, they were apologising for telling everybody it was going to crash when it didn't. It, it was like, yeah, <laughs> right. so the, what I'm going to say, if you, if, if you think you'll be better off by owning your own home rather than renting one, don't bother to wait for the suggested house price drop because um, that may never happen. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, these are my thoughts. You know, what, what are you, Perry? I mean, and, and to, just to finalise this and close off here. I think it's a great unpredictor, isn't it? Um, I think what we said last week and this week it kind of still rings for me. And we talked about it right at the start of the show. When you come home in the evening after you've had a long day at work and you put the, the TV on, all you see is this kind of doom mongering, isn't it? But actually, when you you don't know what you don't know, so you really have to equip yourself with your knowledge and your understanding to be able to actually, like you said, make your own judgment decision on what is best for you and look at all avenues of it. Don't just go, hang on, this is getting too scary, and then back away from something that you really don't fully understand if it's going to impact or not. And we've demonstrated just with the numbers today, if you wait, actually, it could harm you further. Good advice. Good advice. And on that note, um, we'll leave it with Angela. What does Angela say? Buy now, don't wait. If you have a mortgage in principle or are a cash buyer, just get on with it and buy it. If you're wanting more information on these statistics that we've just discussed in the show, it's on the link on this post anyway, and you could read it and dissect it at your own leisure, and you'll understand the true meaning of what we talked about right here. But if you wait for a crash, if you're a first-time buyer or you're living in rental accommodation, it's going to end up costing you more money as interest rates rise and the, the rent that you're putting out on additional costs. So don't wait. Buy now and get on with it. And on that note, it's goodbye from her. And it's goodbye from him. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, <Paul. laughs>